1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Welcome to the scorecard. Many doubted we'd ever see it, where we focus on Chicagoland and
2: national golf news. But here it is The Return to Glory. Can't help but think of the long money he made in San Diego to pick up his first PGA Tour win in style. Here it comes. Here it
1: Watch comes. Out. comes!
3: And there's no doubt about it, the bear has come out of hibernation. With your hosts, score golf expert and editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin. Well, here it comes. Oh my goodness. And Mike Esposito. In your
1: have you seen anything like that,
0: Johnny? That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most.
3: Better than most. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on six seventy the Score
4: and Odyssey Station. And good morning, and happy Saturday to you. Beautiful day on tap here in the Chicagoland area. And you have the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. We hope today's show will be better than most, uh, much like uh, what we just heard <laughs> in the intro. Barry Cronin, good morning, my friend.
5: Good morning, Michael. Uh, it's a great day for golf. It's a great day for golf viewing, and it's great to be with uh, with a legend of the score, Mike Esposito.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's a great—the the first two, for sure. We uh, we will definitely <laughs> enjoy our, our uh, outdoor activities today, and uh, the PGA Championship, so far, so good. We're here on uh, moving day. Uh, at Kiowa Island and a look at top of the leaderboard, Barry, and, and we'll certainly talk tons about the PGA, but Phil Mickelson tied for the lead after the first two rounds
5: with Louis Woosteisen. It's crazy, Mike. It's crazy. Um, Cinderella story here, um, it is. developing here at Kiowa Island. Um, yeah, it's a great event. Uh, I think, you know, the PGA kind of snuck up on us this year, but Phil is almost 51 years old. And uh, I think it's going to be a terrific uh, weekend for viewing uh, as well as uh, a terrific weekend for playing golf because the weather's good.
4: Absolutely. yeah. and uh, and I know the uh, the leaderboard is stacked. Uh, Brooks Kepka. we we talked about him in terms of uh, his health and uh, playing his way into into this weekend uh, on previous week's shows. But he's sitting pretty there, one shot off the lead at four under. and and really striking the ball, 69-71, his first two days.
5: Yeah, Brooks. Uh, you know, we sort of thought Brooks was out of it because he didn't play. Uh, he was hurt at the Masters, and he's still hurt. He's still not being able to uh, to bend his his knee uh, at times. You know, when he's looking right. at putts or whatever. But uh, you know, he's uh, he's a tough character, and um, and he's playing he's playing real well. So he he came alive yesterday. And uh, made a few long putts. He made that 40 41 footer for eagle, and uh, followed it up with a birdie. So he uh, he's on fire. He uh, shot 71 yesterday, only one other par under par. But you know there aren't a lot of low numbers out there. No. Um, you know if you just look at it, I, I you know like 67 uh is the lowest number shot uh you know in the in the first couple of days so you know it's been windy is very weary windy out there it was more windy yesterday than it was on day one so uh, it's going to be interesting to see now that they've cut the field um it'll be interesting to see what happens you know i I was noticing that uh, uh this week the cut was at five over par whereas last week it was at five under par uh, mm-hmm. down at Craig Ranch down outside of uh, Dallas. So uh, right. it's a different animal this week. And uh, clearly this, uh, this golf course more subject to right on the Atlantic Ocean, uh, Kiowa Island, Mid South Carolina. So um, it's, uh, it's clearly a, opposing a different challenge uh, to the guys.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And I, I, don't know about you, Barry, but uh, and we we talked about this a little last week. Uh, this to me is much preferable to you know everyone shooting uh, you know ten under par for the tournament when, when you have the the tougher course, the tougher conditions. I, I mean, me personally, as somebody watching, I like it this way. I, I want to see these guys challenged. Um, and you mentioned it; it's extremely windy out there. Uh, watching the tournament or watching the highlights, and you see the flags whipping. Uh, this is a different kind of, of golf than what you got in Dallas last weekend or what you would get here in Chicago
5: right well you know I mean it just depends it's it's really uh, it's kind of like uh, I like the uh, the attitude that the uh, that the British Open takes which is mm-hmm. we really don't care how low you score Um because everybody's playing the same golf course, so you know, for example, when you go to St Andrews, if the wind doesn't blow, they'll all shoot super low. They'll all shoot yeah. in the low mid to low 60s. But yep. then, uh, wind is the defense there um, in in Scotland and uh, right on the right on the water and uh, and they play uh, and they tend to uh, you know when the wind comes up they. You know they, they can have problems. They can shoot yeah. higher. Hey, <laughs> yes. you know and hey, hey, Mike. I, th- I think I just wanted to give a shout out. And uh, sure. you will be you'll be uh, happy to hear this. Um, as you know, at the PGA Championship, uh, there are twenty uh, PGA club professionals who compete for uh, spots in the event. You know, it used mm-hmm. to be fifty club professionals. This is back in the day, uh, but two of them made the cut. But most important is the one, one of them who made the cut is a native of, of the Chicago area and a Hersey High School graduate. Absolutely, uh, Brad Merrick uh, made the cut. Uh, he's tied for 32nd now. He's two over par at 146. Uh, he went to Hersey High School, played his college golf at Indiana, was 10 years on the mini tours where he had 15 wins on the mini tours, you know, like the Dakotas tours and, and various other ones out there. Hooters, mm-hmm. you know, a, that used to be a big one. Uh, but now he has he uh, retired from that, and he now runs a junior golf academy out in Northern California. And um, so apparently, uh, you know, he's been teaching the kids to uh, those kids who want to go to uh, play college golf. He's, he is an instructor at an academy, at his own academy there. So, but now he's having a great week at the PGA, so that's terrific. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Brad?
4: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Seventy-three, seventy-three. is the uh, high school that is right here by, uh, by the family, uh, by the old uh, Esposito estate. So we will yes. uh, we will be seeing lots of Hersey High School in the coming year. So uh, a cool local connection uh, with, uh, with Brad Merrick. And seventy-three, seventy-three puts him in a, a, a clump, tied there for 32nd, as you mentioned, plus two. Still, uh, still what, seven shots back. Uh, Colin Morikawa, who won last year. Uh, just one shot better there at, at uh, plus one after two days. Um, so lots of moving. You also have Bubba and Will Zaltoros there at plus one. Uh, I, I wonder with the conditions and the wind, and you mentioned the, uh, you know, the playing conditions, uh, Barry, and we talked about uh, both the uh, Kiowa Island and all the wind and uh, how it is at the British as well. Uh, what chances, you know, how likely it is that your guys down here at plus one, plus two can crawl back into this as as the the uh, under par scores are not that great so far this week.
5: Well, well, Mike, it's a really good question. I was thinking about it last night. I, I think now that the field has been cut, and and they had it took five and a half hours for them to play on Thursday. That's a long time. I mean those, mm-hmm. those that's a, that's a really long time and not an exa- not exactly an example to our to our listening audience yes. uh, who who hates slow play. And the same thing happened yesterday uh, because they have so much wind, um, it's it's just it's just very difficult to play in those conditions. But now that the field is cut in half, it'll depend on the weather conditions. But I wonder if they won't on Saturday um, move the tees up and, and perhaps make it a lot more scorable of a golf course in order to bring some of those, uh, those players back in who know and you don't know but what we do know is that the that the setup man for the pga championship is a guy named carrie Haig. he's been doing it for many years and he's the most respected setup guy in golf (laughs) so um i think it'll be really interesting to see and i I tend to think that he will do that because it you know five five under par it it is there aren't that many guys that are as you say even even par is uh is 20 you know 25 players Mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a possibility. Um, you, you never know. And I think it would be more I think they want to make it exciting on Saturday. Look at this leaderboard. I mean, as far yeah. as CBS is concerned and the PGA of America, to have Mickelson at the top of the leaderboard is a dream. Because mm-hmm. without Tiger Woods, Phil is certainly, even at 50, 50 he's going to be 51 next month, he is the name in this field. And uh, there's nothing more that, that, that CBS and PGA like, would like than to have Phil at the top of the leaderboard. Um, having, having Brooks Kepka there is great, but he's not exactly um, Mr. Personality last time mm-hmm. I checked. And, um, <laughs> um, yeah. but, and and here's the other thing, Mike. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, winner of the mm-hmm. Masters, is, is tied for fourth. Yeah. And so if you can think about this. So he is tied for fourth. If let's just imagine for a second that it were Jordan Spieth or some other American star, right, who had won the Masters, we'd be all be going insane over that the possibility yeah. of him winning two majors in a row. Rather and Phil of course would be there. But but Hideki because he doesn't speak English because he's sort of an under the radar type player, it, we're not getting that really. I mean, right. they'll 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 pay lip service to it, but it, it, it was is not a big A story because he's really not that uh, big a media guy. And the one other thing I wanted to mention is when we brought up uh, uh, local players. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Streelman from mm-hmm. Wheaton yep. uh, is uh, T seven. He by the way he was on the cover of CDGA Chicago District Golfer Magazine Fan, just fantastic in April. Article. It's it's as if, as it's if somebody there knew what was going to happen and ordered up that story. You know, it's incredible. Who, who's so ever, he,
4: whoever is editing that really needs a pat on the back. It's,
5: uh, <laughs> he's a savant. You know, what can I tell you? Uh, T seven two under par, Kevin. So it's great to see him doing well. Another guy in his early forties um, who's getting it done. He's been playing well lately, and um, and it's good to see. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and then of course, Mike, we have our. Uh, South African contingent, you have three guys in the top four uh, who are from South Africa, which is interesting. Louis Ustazen, who's tied for the lead, and then you have Brandon Grace and Christian Bezunahout. It's mm-hmm. always uh, I, would, I always like I, would... I always like watching Golf Channel to see how they pronounce that, so I can go. How do you say that? <laughs> and and I... uh, and those guys are uh, 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 Grace and uh, and Christian are uh, tied for fourth. I, I was going to leave Besudenhow to you. That's uh, that's definitely oh boy, one. Well you was... just you just did it in the perfect <laughs> announcer way, uh, Mike. I'm so I'm envious of you. Now I know oh, why you're you're the announcer in this crew.
4: Well, well, thank you, my friend. Uh, Championship <laughs> golf on the score is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, and this segment presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. And we do have a fantastic show for you today. Lots of PGA Championship talk, Barry. Uh, but our guests this hour include. Tim Troy from Zigfield Troy Golf. We want to talk a little bit about the CDGA Golf Marathon fundraiser that's happening uh, today. So that will be at Zigfield Troy. Uh, so we'll talk to Tim at 6:20. Uh, at 6:40, we'll talk to Jamie Wilson, uh, most recently of the University of South Carolina, uh, finished fifth in the SEC Championship, but he's getting. Uh, the sponsor exemption from the Western Golf Association to play in the Evan Scholar Invitational at the Glen Club uh, this week. So we will talk to Jamie. Uh, interesting stories there. Uh, and you mentioned CBS, uh, Barry, in terms of the, the PGA. We will talk to Dottie Pepper, the on-course commentator uh, for CBS Golf. We'll talk to Dottie uh, at 7 o'clock. Lots of uh, PGA Championship, lots with uh, Dottie. She's a... a Long-time legendary figure on the LPGA Tour. Uh, She was a 17-time winner, if you're wondering for the exact time. She also has a new book out uh, called Letters to a Future Champion, My Time with Mr. Pulver. So uh, looking forward to talking to Dottie Pepper uh, at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. And then our Swing Thoughts segment. uh, Ethan Roush from Glen Club in Glenville will join us uh, at 740. Uh, That's uh, where the Evans Scholar Invitational is at. And we'll talk a little putting Uh, with Ethan so uh, a nice show lots of PGA championship stuff Barry and uh, the fundraiser is today the uh, golf marathon fundraiser
5: yeah that'll be fun to talk to Tim Troy and uh, uh, people who uh, like a little golf history um, uh, are going to enjoy listening to Tim he's a he's he's a his family has been in that business for many, many years. His father started out in Chicago, and they're out in Woodridge now, mm-hmm. and uh, they run a great operation. So uh, it'll be fun to talk to Tim, just very, very knowledgeable and a, really a good good man. So uh, it'll be fun to talk to him.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's my kind of course, uh, you know, in terms of, hey— I've got, I've got a few hours. Let's, uh, let's get in, get out. Uh, it's, it's a nine-hole par-three course in Woodridge. Uh, as you mentioned, Woodridge is uh, the roca- uh, location now, uh, but lots of uh, uh, things available there, lessons, uh, practice range, mini-golf, et cetera, uh, and today's uh, golf marathon, which I know uh, you, you, you will be participating in, correct?
5: Oh, Maybe. I might be out there. I think they're starting. I think they're starting uh, while while we're on the air. So I think that might be hard for me to get out there by then. You know, well, We'll see, I may go. I may go out and cheer them on.
4: uh, And in one way or another, Barry, I have a feeling that you will be out there. How's that?
5: Exactly. Perhaps in spirit.
4: And and certainly, certainly in spirit. Well, why don't we do this? Let's take a time out. When we come back, we will talk to Tim Troy. Uh, out at Zigfield Troy Golf. Uh, that is the site of the CDGA uh, Golf Marathon fundraiser. Uh, so we will do that next. This segment also brought to you by Illinois PGA Professionals, experts in the business and game of golf. He's Barry Cronin. I'm Mike Esposito. More on the PGA Championship as well coming up. And Tim Troy joins us next on The Scorecard here on 670 The Score.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
3: Like me.
1: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today.
4: And we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, Marshall Tucker.
5: From We're South Carolina, Mike.
4: Yes, we are.
5: Keo Island is in South Carolina. Did we uh, we remind the audience of that? And therefore, we have a little South Carolina music this week. A classic that we yeah. always
4: enjoy listening to: Marshall Tucker Band. Uh, Can't you see? Yep. We can, and and we yep. can definitely uh, see the uh, the CDGA uh, golf marathon fundraiser happening today. We'll talk to Tim Troy in a second, but first, Barry. Uh, and we we definitely love uh, promoting this, the CDGA website, cdga.org slash contest. You can register to win a CDGA season starter pack. You'll get an imperial hat, a towel, and a zero, a zero friction super tube with Spectrum at balls, tees, and a universal fit glove, everything you need to start the season. So head on to the website, CDGA. Org. Cool gift pack there that you can win. Uh, also, I forgot to mention earlier, and shame on me, we are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Now it's time uh, to talk about the CDGA Golf Marathon Fundraiser. To do that, we head on out to the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Alpamonte Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at apnissan.com. And from Zigfield Troy Golf, Tim Troy joins us. Good morning, Tim.
5: Morning, Mike. Morning, Barry. How, how are you doing, guys? Good morning, Tim. How's it going? Um, I know it's going great out at uh, Ziegfeld Troy because it always goes great out there. Um, tell us what's been happening this year um, and what's happening today with the, with the marathon.
2: Well, we're hosting our 13th CDGA Foundation Golf Marathon. Uh, they'll probably have 20 to 30 golfers playing 100 holes of golf to raise money for the foundation, uh, which does great work with uh, uh, physically challenged golfers and providing uh, green fee scholarships for kids through youth on course and uh, doing other projects for the betterment of golf around Chicagoland. It's a really great, really great cause. And this year they're hoping to eclipse the million dollar mark over the 13 years that we've been hosting the event here.
5: That's tremendous, Tim. And uh, I know the CDGA thanks you for doing that and, uh, um Your family has been involved uh, in golf for uh, I guess at least two generations. I don't know what your kids are doing, but your your dad founded um, uh, uh, this you know what what turned out to be Zigfield Troy, Zigfield Troy, but tell us a little bit about the background of that and the, and the great history of your family in golf in the Chicago area. Well, my dad grew up
2: uh, on the south side of Chicago near Marquette Park. as a young man he was. Uh, had a real entrepreneurial spirit, and one of the things he did was he caddied every summer. Uh, it wasn't too long of a commute for him to go down to Beverly Country Club. And he also would ride the, the trolley out to uh, Cog Hill when when that existed. Uh, if you talk to some old folks, that's really interesting to hear about. But He uh, developed a love for the game, started playing golf, and in his late teens, he decided, hey, well, maybe I can uh, get in this business and lo and behold, not too far from his home in Marquette Park, there was uh, land available where Maria High School now sits, and he had his first range there for one year, and the next year began a range at 71st and Loomis for a couple years, and then uh, eventually found out about a range that was for rent at 115th and Halsted in the Roseland area, and he spent uh, almost 40 years there, that's where I grew up, where my brother Dennis grew up, who work with here at Ziegfeld Troy in 1976 made the move out here to Woodridge and so I grew up the son of a golf range pro driving range pro and it's been a lot of fun uh, you know golf has been my career for a very long time so it's been a great blessing to me and a great blessing to my family
4: yeah no that is uh that is uh, uh awesome uh you know that you're able to Kind of take the reins from your dad, and it sounds like your your brother. It sounds like an entire family affair, and uh, um, you know the, everyone's involved. And you were able to to move out to Woodridge there, which I know is a beautiful area. Uh, and you're gonna have a lot of guys out there and and gals, a lot of people golfing at the uh, golf marathon fundraiser. You mentioned a hundred holes of golf. So why don't you explain to our listeners who are not familiar with the golf marathon? exactly what happens and how it works with uh, with all those guys and gals out there playing.
2: I think most people are familiar with walkathons where folks go out and get pledges to do like a 20-mile walk for charity. Uh, it's the same concept. People go out uh, who are going to play in the marathon. They go out and get pledges uh, for each hole that they're going to play uh, during a marathon. And the goal is for each of them to play 100 holes of golf. And uh, on a shorter course like this, it can uh, happen pretty rapidly, and the players will play more than one ball at a time, so they can go around about uh, four to five times playing three balls and and reach the hundred uh, hole mark in not too long a time and not end up with too many blisters on their hands and feet and (laughs) have a great time while they're doing it.
5: Yeah, I remember the first time I heard about those 100-hole uh, marathons. I thought, M- good lord, you know that's a lot of that's a lot of walking. Uh, but uh, uh, Tim, I was just wondered um, your course. You've got nine holes, mm-hmm. and over the years, back in the day, which is not too long ago really, uh, nine holes were looked upon as uh, not sufficient a number of holes to play. It wasn't real golf, mm-hmm. and um, But now in recent years, uh, the USGA and other organizations have been saying, wow, well, people don't have enough time to play 18 holes uh, all the time. And, you know, maybe we should just play nine holes. That's OK. Five holes in some courses are doing shorter. So do you feel like uh, you've, you've kind of say, hey, I told you so?
2: Uh, I think my dad would be saying that, yeah. <laughs> you're
0: you're too
5: gentle a spirit to say it, I know, but your dad probably would say it.
2: It was my dad's goal in life. Uh, being a driving range pro, he always looked forward to the day when he could have a, a golf course. And and uh, the year before he died, 1980, he was able to open our, our par 3 here. And he looked forward to having a real starter's course, especially for women, uh, a place for them to... Uh, get introduced to the game and that's how we see our course specifically mike is uh, being a real entry door for people to the game of golf uh, you know I'll, I'll run into people all the time that'll say i played my first round of golf at your place with my dad when i was seven years old and, yeah and i've really i've actually run into that with illinois pga professionals and that's first started here a few years ago and it really touched me when i when i heard that i think just think a guy's career started by playing our short nine hole par 3 course and, uh,
5: and 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 you have a, excuse me, uh, you have a lot of uh, junior programs too is that correct yes we do we've got two junior
2: leagues uh, that are full every year on saturday morning and wednesday mornings and then we also have a junior golf program as we call it with instruction where they also play our par 3, and we'll do well over 200 children every year um, in our junior instructional programs, which is great.
4: Yeah, and Tim, you, you, I'm sorry, Barry. Tim, you had mentioned, too, about the 9-hole yeah, uh, course. Uh, you know, it's a par 3. It's, it's quick. Uh, as you said, it's kind of a, an introductory to golf for a lot of people, an introduction to golf for a lot of people. But I'm sure you're getting and I know you are because, you know, I'm one of those guys who's now, uh, you know, working remotely or hybrid working where, you know, there's an office, but there's also sitting at your house or sitting at a coffee shop doing emails all day. Uh, A nine hole par three course is uh, is something that a lot of us can fit in our can fit in our day now. Right.
2: That's for sure, Mike. Um, and, And I have to be honest. That phenomenon, you know, was out there for, for the last decade or so. People saying, yeah, nine-hole golf. And we weren't we weren't seeing it so much. You know, we were seeing more of the entry-level type player on our mm-hmm. course. But COVID did change that. And our rounds almost doubled last year on our par three, and we were seeing a, a lot of uh, younger career people come out and play. And uh, we'll have one or two guys that have a, our first tee time every morning come out and play it before they they go to work or do – whatever they do the rest of the day, and it's it's been really great. Um, we do reservations online and are uh, over the phone, and it just is a real, uh, uh, real. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I was looking for words here. It's a feather in our cap to see so many people wanting to come and play that are adults and young adults and um, get that short round of golf in before they do their other routines for the day.
5: Well, that's terrific, Tim. We really appreciate you being on. And I know, uh, I think one of the other things is the uh, before we go is is the number of people in their twenties uh, that are starting to pick up golf. Maybe we thought that maybe that was going to be a lost generation, and we wondered what was going to happen with the game um, after after the baby boomers uh, weren't around anymore. But it uh, sounds like maybe the twenty year olds are back.
2: They certainly are. You know, a few years ago, they were writing about the. The lost generation we had for twenty somethings in golf—they were going to exports sports and uh, things that were uh, far more responsive type activities, or, you know, quick reaction activities, uh, activities that are more strenuous, whether working out at the health club or whatever—and it's really been a great shot in the arm. Again, as I say, to see in the last year, young people in their twenties, late teens, uh, really coming out to play, and 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 not being timid about it, just. Being very relaxed and enjoying the game, uh, much like when we were kids, Barry, and so many of us and our friends, you know, caddied and had a natural understanding of the game of golf and a love for the game of golf. We're, we're starting to see that again and what we thought was the lost 20-year-old generation.
4: Well, and, and and Tim, as we let you go, as Barry said, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, know you'll have a great time out there with the CDGA's Golf Marathon fundraiser today uh i'm sure you get extremely little kids out there with the lost mountain the mini golf uh and then you mentioned all of the the junior instruction that you do you probably have kids or or age ranges uh, from three or four all the way up to you know who knows how old right
2: exactly Yeah, we see kids uh and we have a junior rate up uh until age 15 so kids take advantage of that and it's it's really great to see it um and then of course Love hearing those screams across the parking lot from our miniature golf course when a kid makes a hole in one. That, well,
5: the, I think that's that's mainly the parents that drop off the kids <laughs> at the junior, and then they go over to the to the mini golf with a secret uh, a secret libation that they bring from their own car. This is me thinking out loud. I apologize. To He's you. never done this I, before. Too, I don't want to sure. give anybody any uh, ideas. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I saw some of the parents relaxing yesterday. Uh, while the kids were playing and getting a nice time to to talk with their friends. So that I think you're right there, Mike.
4: Well, and, and Tim, we, we really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. Sounds like uh, literally fun for all ages out there at Zigfield Troy Golf in Woodridge, and uh, we'll hope to uh, to see you out there soon.
2: That would be great, and uh, really appreciate what you guys do for the game of golf. Thanks a lot.
4: Thanks for coming on, Tim. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. That is Tim Troy from Zigfield Troy Golf, uh, the site of today's Chicago Do- uh, District Golf Association uh, Golf Marathon fundraiser, 100 holes of golf. Uh, Tim explained it very nicely. You get, uh, you get pledges kind of uh, in a fundraising uh, capacity as you play your 100 holes. And as he said, try to keep the blisters to a minimum. But listen, uh, with our wacky Chicago spring weather, today is the day for that, Barry. It's going to be a nice nice one out there. And uh, certainly should be uh, a good time. It's it's certainly better than, than having it be in the 40s and windy, right?
5: Well, any any <laughs> kind of weather, my friend, any kind yes. of weather It's just <laughs> you know it's uh, it's all good. It's all good whenever it happens. I, I played one of those hundred hundred hole deals and uh, yeah, it was it was in the rain and uh, we walked and that was uh, that was exciting. And uh, the best thing about it is uh, if the holes are short enough, you know you can practice your short game. It's yeah yard hole or 120 yards whoever hits two of those shots in a row so it's uh right. it's pretty good three in a row so anyway it's pretty cool uh and tim i think it was really neat uh, his little history lesson about his sure. um uh driving range slash par three slash mini golf it's it's all of golf and all the levels at one place and um it's sort of to me it's representative of of golf we think of golf so many people think of golf as high-end country club mm-hmm. um it, the high-end country club experience which so few people really have but golf is supported by people who don't belong to those clubs there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them in the chicago area so in Zigville troy is one of those places where it's a it's an entry-level situation not only entry-level it's if you want to go play par three in the middle of the day and mm-hmm. get around in an hour and a half, two hours, you can do that. And what's interesting to me is that a lot of these top high-end golf courses now are putting in par threes uh, in mm-hmm. addition to the. So, for you know, Pinehurst did it. Um, Sand Valley has done it. Bandon Dews has done it. These are very high-end resort courses, right? So, they have put in par three courses and 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 this is only within the last i don't know several years five Uh ten years that they have done that and they've been legitimizing the par three golf experience which really had been kind of looked down upon by sort of the the golf establishment and now uh Tim Troy and, and, and as he said, his father uh, in 1980 would a, a really uh, happy about that, and and they do have sort of a sense of uh, satisfaction that yeah, par three nine hole course um, is really can be where it's at for a lot of people, so uh, it's cool, it's great, and it was really yep. nice to have Tim on and, and a, a good history lesson for people of uh, for Chicago golfers who might not know about it.
4: Absolutely. Established 1934 Zigfield Troy Golf. Uh, the website is exactly that, zigfeldtroygolf.com. Uh, fun place for uh, children of all ages, as they say, from the mini golf all the way up to the, uh, uh, the par 3 course uh, instruction, driving range, etc. So, Tim, appreciate his time. Uh, we will be right back after a quick time out, Bear. But when we do come back, we will talk to Jamie Wilson. He is... Uh, playing in the Western Golf Association or the Evans Scholar Invitational uh, at the Glen Club this week. Uh, he is getting the sponsor exemption from the Western Golf Association, uh, recently uh, played at University of South Carolina. We'll talk to Jamie next when we return here on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The score. And here we are back on the scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The Score: Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, with you until eight six to eight every Saturday morning throughout the golf season. And we appreciate you joining us every Saturday morning. It's PGA Championship Week, Barry. We are uh, talking lots about that. Uh, it is also uh, coming up. It is the Evan Scholar Invitational up at the Glen Club. Uh, and we're pleased to be talking about that as well. Uh, we jump on out to the Alpamonte Nissan hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at APNissan.com. Jamie Wilson joins us now. Jamie uh, played at uh, South Carolina and turning pro earlier this week. He'll play on the sponsor exemption uh, from the Western Golf Association uh, at the Evans Scholar Invitational at the Glen Club this week. Jamie, good morning. Good morning. How are you?
5: We're doing great, Jamie. Thanks very much for, for being with us. Um, uh, how thrilling was it when you, uh, when you got the call to, uh, that you're going to get a sponsor exemption to the, uh, Evan scholars invitational like two days after you turned pro.
3: It was, uh, it was more like two hours after I turned pro. Actually. <laughs> okay. um, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I was in an airport in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, um, my, my mom texted me and said, uh, keep your phone on standby because you might have some good news coming. And I said, okay, well, I'll be ready for a call. And um, <laughs> about 20 minutes before I boarded a flight, I got a call from, from Chris, and he said, you know, we'd love to offer you a spot. And uh, I was very overwhelmed and excited, and I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to being in Chicago next week.
5: That's great. What uh, You have an opportunity now at the, on the to play on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is – you know it's the way it's the it is the uh road to the pga tour these days um uh, what uh what 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 do you think about when you go into a tournament like that as far as the kind of opportunity that it gives you um
3: as far as this being my first professional event probably more of a uh perspective of this being uh learning a week of learning um you know, I just want to. I just want to get comfortable out there, and that's that's the most important thing. Um, there are going to be fans, uh, a lot of a lot of people out there, and uh, on a big stage. And I think the most important thing is being comfortable with my own golf, and uh, that'll that'll allow me to play my best golf. Um, it's just another golf tournament, and I think that's the mindset I have to take into this week.
4: Yeah, and Jamie, I'm sure I'm sure it's quite uh, it's been quite a period for you here, right? Because you're literally just finishing school, you're just turning pro, uh, and if I remember college correctly, which uh, some of it is hazy, but I think uh, <laughs> you're probably just finished what a few weeks, right?
3: I finished uh, probably two weeks ago. I finished school, and about five days ago, four days ago,
5: I finished uh, my college golf career. So <laughs> jumping right in,
4: quick turnaround, exactly.
5: Well, you were an All-American last year, and uh, and then finished fifth in the uh, SEC Championship this year. What what has you, you, you've been in? You played in the SEC, so you you uh, the SEC did play sports last fall, and as well as in the spring. Give us give our audience a little uh, idea of what it was like to play on a college golf team during the COVID situation. It was very interesting. Um,
3: they were um they were more cautious than you might expect with the uh with the virus which you know they they leaned towards being cautious which was good um we uh you know i i can't even tell you how many times i've been covid tested um every week for this entire year and if we had an event we got tested you know once for the school and then once for the event um So sometimes it'd be twice a week. Um, you know, and then we had to get temperature checked every morning. Um, we had to wear a wristband after being temperature checked at the tournament on, you know, you you could put it on your golf bags. Um, you just had to have it on you just to say that you were good. Um, people weren't, weren't super crazy about it, but, um, you know, it was it was good that they aired on the on the cautious side, um, and it was fine because we we got to play golf, and that's that's really all we cared about was just being able to play golf at a competitive level. Um, we played three events in the fall; usually, we play five, um, and they were just all conference tournaments. So, all fourteen teams in the SEC played um, in those three events, just so we we kept it within ourselves. Um, the conference was doing testing so we knew that we were good uh, and that's why they wanted to have all uh, all SEC tournaments but as we moved through the season in the spring uh, we opened up more to uh, outside conference competition and we just kind of eased into it we took it slow and and um, it ended up being a, a normal pretty normal full season i didn't i didn't feel like i was being hindered at all
5: Right, and and life on campus. Um, did, did we we have the sense that everybody's in a bubble? Were you all isolated, or, or what was what was life like? We all your classes were online, or, or what was that like?
3: They were mine. Were all online. Um, not everybody had all online classes. A couple of my teammates went in person. Um, yeah, we were pretty much in a bubble. Uh, we uh, we were all extremely cautious with who we were around, uh, where we went, masks. Um, we didn't get vaccinated until the beginning of April. So for, you know, seven, seven months, we were just kind of struggling to, uh, struggling to stay within ourselves and, and focus on our team and just, um, you know, keep, uh, keep gatherings extremely small and, and, um, just focus on, on not getting COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it was crazy because, because if you tested positive, you know, you for 10 days after you displayed symptoms would be out. And so that means no events. Um, you can't play. You, you might miss two events. And for your roommate, it's 14 days. So, I lived with with my roommate Jack, and we were both starters this year. and And I remember thinking to myself, if I get COVID, not only am I out, I'm taking my roommate out with me.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of lot of pressure, and I'm sure uh, not a uh, well. It sounds we could tell just from listening to your uh, account there, not a not a normal or easy way to live. But it uh, sounds like you guys uh, uh, did the right thing and kind of made your way through it here. And now as things open up, I know we're all excited uh for that to happen and and certainly uh golf is is a way that uh, a lot of people are able to get outside and play and uh even last year during the height of lockdown a lot of us uh were able to get out and play and and you know right. separate right. from each other right and still go out and have yeah. fun yeah that's uh that's why um my golf game almost got better over
3: over right. the quarantine um <laughs> i was able to maintain solitude and you know golf courses is, is a safe place and i think a lot of people resorted to playing golf over the quarantine because it was an activity where you could be around people in a sense and and you know stay socially distant
5: Right. yeah well uh, uh yeah well it, it's uh and then so when you when you uh think about what you're going to do next uh jamie i mean you're gonna you're gonna get the start uh next week at the evan scholars invitational at the Glen club um, after you do that, uh, what do you foresee? What, what um, does a guy in your position do? Tell the folks what a guy in your position does. I mean, obviously you're a great golfer. Um, Thank so you. what do you do? What do you do next? Um, the, the
3: number for this week is, is 25. So the top 25 in, uh, in Chicago will move on to the next week on the corn ferry tour. Um, that's the goal. That's, that's the number. Um, because, you know, if you, you place within that top 25 and get, get to next week and then, you know, do it again and get to next week and so on and get the ball rolling, you know, it's important to have a tour that you can play on and make money consistently. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's my goal and hopefully foreseeable future. But, um, if not, If not, then um, I'll take a learning experience from this week, and uh, I'll go back to playing Monday qualifiers into Corn Ferry and PGA Tour events, Um, some some smaller um, mini tour professional golf events, and make some money. And you know, hopefully, if I do some Monday qualifiers, I'll get back in an event again and try to get that ball rolling again.
5: Yeah. So, do you have a caddy for uh, this week at the Glen Club?
3: I, uh, I have a local caddy. His name's Garrett. Um, okay. So uh, he said he's caddied in the event before. This will be a second time, and I, I trust that. I like that. So hopefully uh, he knows the golf course, and, you know, um, I trust him.
4: And, and last thing for you, Jamie, as we let you go, and we appreciate your time this morning on the scorecard. Uh, I have to ask, you're South Carolina University of, and, and the tour is down in South Carolina this weekend. Have you ever played uh, at the Kiwa Island uh, Resort, and and what, what do you what, what do you make of the first two days of the PGA? I have, I have a few times.
3: Um, I actually played a tournament there, uh, 2013.
2: Um,
3: yeah, those scores those scores don't um, don't surprise me at all. I mean, five under par, leading the golf tournament. Um, or six under par, Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. If if the wind blows, it is such a difficult golf course. Um, What makes it hard is, you know, one through four go straight north, and then five through 13 go south, and then 14 through 18 go north. So if you get a north wind or a south wind, some of those holes are just going to play extremely difficult. Um, And it was blowing, and those guys struggled. And honestly, that's that's what I wanted to see. I, I did not want to see a birdie fest out there because I know how hard that golf course is. And I wanted those guys to struggle. And that's what we're getting. So it's awesome to see.
4: Yeah, it makes makes for a fun tournament uh, and should be a great weekend. And uh, good luck to you, uh, Jamie, in the Evan Scholar Invitational at the Glenn Club next week. We will uh, We'll be paying
5: attention. We'll be watching.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me this morning.
5: Thanks, Jamie, and good luck this week. It would be, uh, be great to see you do well. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Have a good That's one. Ja- Jamie Wilson from uh, formerly of the University of South Carolina. You, you heard uh, in our interview right there, he'll be up here at the Glenn Club next week playing in the uh, Evans Scholars Invitational, uh, sponsor exemption from the Western Golf Association. Uh, definitely uh, uh, cool to hear from a different age range, Barry, here on the scorecard, right? I mean, yeah. we, we talk pros a lot. Uh, and once in a blue moon, you know, we'll have a college student on or a, a young, uh, just turning pro golfer. I know we had Nick on from, uh, the corn Ferry tour last year, uh, Nick yeah. Hardy, uh, local kid, um, always interesting to hear the, the, and I say, and I'm making myself feel extremely old, but you know, forties <laughs> here, mid forties, it's like, you know, you're talking to the kids, uh, who just graduating college, I guess we are old, right? <laughs> uh,
5: well, I, yeah, Speak for well, myself, but you're, right? but you know, Mike, you're young at heart, and that's the most that's important right. thing. Uh, uh You're, you're, you whatever your forties something going on. Forty uh, something is the new twenty-seven. Hey, listen, I forgot to uh, mention. I didn't forget, but I'm remembering right now. Patrick Flavin of uh, Highland Park also received a sponsor exemption to play in the uh, uh, Corn Ferry event, the Evan Scholars Invitational, up at the Glen Club. Uh, this week, so uh, uh, Patrick is uh, is a good young guy, and he's trying to trying to make it out on the tour, and it's uh, it's not an easy thing. So uh, it's great that he got a sponsor exemption uh, support from the Western Golf Association. For um, sure. And I did want to mention, Mike, if we have a minute, um, that this week uh, complimentary um, admission to the tournament at the Glen Club, courtesy of Serve Pro of Glenview. Mm-hmm. And I, here's what you have to do if you're a fan. You don't get tickets anymore. There's no such thing as a ticket. That's an nope. old school type of thing. You know, you, uh, uh, you have to go to esinvitational.com backslash 2021 hyphen tickets. So I think if you mm-hmm. probably go to esinvitational.com, you can navigate from there. And uh, you you sign up and then they, you get the they give you a ticket I think they send you some kind of a some kind yep. of electronic deal um, yep. like the airlines send you yep. uh, when you when you sign up and so you go to the C parking lot over there at the Glen Town Center uh, South parking deck and you can, there's a little path and there's signs and you you walk right in there it's actually a really good uh, a setup for fans over there and uh, so if you feel ill. With symptoms of COVID-19, don't come. Okay, stay home <laughs> right. stay and away. don't come out and infect everybody for the love of God. Uh, we, we, you know, we're almost done with this, so stop. If you're fully vaccinated, you're not required to wear a mask outdoors. Come on out, yeah. Come on out, and you're if you're unvaccinated, wear a mask indoors, and uh, and uh, outdoors when you can't be socially distant. If you're if you got the COVID, just go just go. Don't come. Okay, that's it.
4: And if and if you want to play hooky from work, definitely go because that will be uh, a nice, uh, a
5: nice. Yep. Yeah. Starts Thursday, and yeah. there is a uh, there's a youth clinic on Monday uh, at four thirty. Everybody can come. It's free for the youngsters, and uh, it'll be kind of an exhibition type of deal. So uh, there'll be no no hands on teaching, but who cares? It's just a fun thing to do, and you'll have. Uh, They'll have uh, one of the uh, uh, lively pros out there to, to, to entertain the kids. It'll be a lot of fun.
4: Absolutely, and we will talk uh, later in the show to the head pro at Glen Club, uh, Ethan Rausch, uh, site of uh, the Evan Scholar Invitational. will talk to him uh, at 740 in our Swing Thoughts mm-hmm. segment. We'll talk a little putting with Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we come back, Barry, uh, we will uh, talk to Dottie Pepper. You know her. She is the on-course commentator for CBS Golf. Uh, uh, multiple-time winner on the LPGA Tour. He's got a new book coming out as well. So we will talk PGA and, uh, and uh, lots of what's going on uh, at Keough Island this weekend uh, with Dottie Pepper, who joins us next on The Scorecard on 670 The Score.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's In Your Podcast queue. And guess what?